Here at Doxadea Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, hey, it's really great spending time with you today. And we're in a brand new series called New. Can you believe it? A series called New in January. It must be revolutionary thinking that we have. But in this series, we want to look at what it means to be new. I mean, we all love new things, don't we? We love the smell of a new car. That new car smell, come on, just tastes and smells so good. I mean, brand new baked bread, come on, that just mm, on the lips every day. Brand new baked bread just smells and tastes so good. Maybe a new cell phone. Maybe you're nudging someone next to you saying, yeah, there's a new cell phone, you know, God is speaking. But we do love new things. And here's the thing about a new year is that we all step into the new year with a new year, new me kind of living. You know, we're saying that this year will be the year, you know, that I'll get everything right. But sometimes we kind of take this towards the gospel, where we say, you know, this year I'm going to have a new year, new me kind of gospel. Saying these things like, um, this year I'm going to become a better Christian. This year I'm going to do so good. This year I'm going to read my Bible. This year I'm going to fix that thing in my life that I have to sort out. This year maybe God, it'll feel like God will accept me for the first time. Maybe this year I will be better. Now here's the thing about it. The problem with this kind of gospel, this understanding of a new year, new me kind of gospel, it is a vicious cycle because it leads nowhere. It has an expiration date. Because you'll keep trying and trying, and one day you'll give up because the effort is too much. But the Bible actually teaches us about a different kind of gospel, a new creation gospel. See, the gospel is not about trying. The gospel is about understanding that we become who God wants us to be. It actually says it in the piece of scripture we're going to be speaking about later, but it actually says that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone and the new is here. And that's what we're going to be preaching about today is asking this question, what is the old and what is this new that we step into? See, the world is in dire need of this message, this message of understanding that we are created new in God, that we can step new into him through this message of reconciliation. Because we all have value and God wants to connect us back to him. In the next few weeks, we'll be preaching out of Luke 15. We will be talking about the lost coin, the lost sheep, and as well, the lost son. And asking this question, what is God's heart for the lost? But before we get there, I want to ask you this question. When we look at the good news, is the good news of the gospel good news to you? Is good news good news to you? Because that's the thing about good news, right? Good news can only be good news when it's good news. You know, if, if my friend gets a brand new car, it is only good news for him, not for me, because that's good for him. But good news for me is when it's good news to me. And I want to ask you this question. When you think about the gospel, is it good news for you? We're going to be preaching out of 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 14 to 21. And just a piece of it says this, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Later on in verse 17, he explains this and says, therefore... If, he, if you are in Christ, he is a new creation. You are a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. And that's what we want to speak about in our first step this, this time together is, is this, is that we are a new creation through Jesus. Jesus has made us new. 
You see, the problem with this new me, new year kind of gospel, you know, the one that preaches, I need to fix myself, I'm going to get there, is that it's all about behavior modification. And we know it fails, right? There's actually a statistic that goes around that says this, is that by the beginning of February, 80% of New Year's resolutions has already failed. Like that diet that you started beginning of this year, right? Or maybe that training routine or waking up early. You know, that's already busy failing. Let's be honest. But maybe you've stepped into that and you're asking, well, my Christianity is like that. I say this year I'm going to pray more and I'm going to do so well. And you, you start journaling and you're praying. And within the first week, you kind of lose track of it all. What's the problem here? The problem is, is that it's behavior modification and not new creation. See, behavior for modification can only change what is on the surface. And why do we want to change our lives like this? Have you ever wondered? Why do we want to change these things in our lives? Because we all know that there's something that we need, someone that we need. You see, in that piece of scripture where it says, the old has gone, the old is gone. You see, when we speak about the old, what is the old? The old is very simply put this. It's our guilt, our shame, and our pain. Before we met Jesus, before we know him, we have guilt. We are walking with guilty hearts because we know that we have wronged. We have shame. We're walking shameful, not in the presence of God, walking away from him because we feel alone and hurt. And we have pain. The world has pain all around us that affects our lives drastically. But we try and fix it, right? We try and change these things and, and fix our lives. But the gospel actually teaches this, is that fixing our lives is impossible. We cannot fix our lives. This new year, new me kind of gospel, it doesn't make any sense because we cannot fix ourselves. We can continue to fix ourselves, but it has an expiration date. You see, behavior modification has never been the answer. New creation has always been the answer. Why? Because if we are created new, we are a new being. And being new means new believing. And right believing leads to right living. See, it's not the things I do that transforms who I am. It's who I am that transforms the things I do. It's understanding this truth. And I mean, we see it in one of the most famous pieces of Scripture in the Bible. John 3, 16. Where it says this, you should know this, all right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever does the right thing. No, that's wrong. Uh, so that whoever does not sin. No, whoever fixes his life. No, that's not what it says. It says, for that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's it. Is that in him, in the belief that we love Christ and, and he has given his life for us and we can trust in him, trust in the gospel, in this message that he has made us new. If we believe, we receive eternal life. See, it's not the things we do or the shortcomings we have that defines who we are. It's God that defines that in us. Do you believe this? Do you believe this brand new picture of the gospel? Maybe it's a brand new picture for you. Do you understand this picture of the gospel? Because God wants to do this. He wants to make us new, not through our efforts, but through believing in Him. Now, what is this new we're talking about? Well, it's quite simple. You know that when he speaks about eternal life in John 3.16, later on in John 17, he says, Jesus explains, he says, this is eternal life, that you may know the Father and that you may know the one whom he has sent, which is Jesus himself. You see, the picture of eternal life is not maybe one day. The picture of eternal life is right now. 
is this brand new life. The new is here. We have been reconciled to God. We have been pulled close to God so that we can no longer be far off, but we can be close, close to Him. You see, when we talk about something new, let's talk about birth. Right, maybe some of you got brand new babies in this new year, and maybe you're excited, people being pregnant and excited for a new baby. But here's the thing about being born. Remember the day you were born? No, you can't. You need to ask your mom that one. But remember the day that you were born? Did you do anything, or was it done to you? You see, I can't born myself. You know, I can't, I can't born myself, but being born is done to me. It is a verb that is done, but it's a verb that is done to me. And this is the gospel. Is the gospel, it's not something I do, it is something that is done to me. It is something that I experience. I can't give birth to myself, I'm given birth by someone who loves me. And that's the same thing. If we say we are born again, this is what it means. Is that we are born again into the love of God, into the fellowship of Him, to be close to Him, to be reconciled to Him, so that we may now belong to Him, to another that loves us. You see, being born is a verb, but it's something that is done to us. God has done this for you. Now, how does this make us new? Well, here's the truth. Is that when we are a new creation, guilt, shame, and pain no longer live in us. But now faith, hope, and love does. We have been transformed by faith, love, and hope to take away our guilt, our shame, and our pain. It's like this comment, just by the way, you know. And I think this, is, this kind of helps us to understand that some of us might be thinking about this new creation differently. Is this comment people make sometimes to say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Can I tell you that that's pretty true? You are, but you're no longer just that. You see, if we live in that life to say that I'm a sinner saved by grace, we will continually try to, to prove to ourselves that we are no longer sinners. But new creation comes to destroy that statement, to say you were a sinner saved by grace, but now you're a son loved by Father. You are a son loved by him, the father that loves you, by God himself. And this was God's plan from all along. That's why he sent, the, sent uh, Christ into the world to, to die for us so that we could be reconciled to him. That's why he says, "When this is eternal life, so that you may know me. We are here to know God. And this is what happens when we experience new creation life, is that we are reconciled to Jesus through his love. Now, hearing this, this, this probably stirs your heart a little bit, saying, yes, Brent, this is me. I need to understand this. I understand this picture. Well, can I say this, is that reconciliation is not just for me and you, but it's for everyone. It's not just for you personally to experience God, but it is actually for everyone out there. 2 Corinthians 5, later on, it says this. All this is from God. This picture, the story we're talking about is from God, who reconciled himself through Christ. We've been reconciled back to God through Jesus. And then it says, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God would reconcile the world to himself in Christ. And not counting people's sins against them. Man, just hear that sentence. Not counting people's sin against them. How many times have you counted people's sin against them? You know, I, I really I hope that guy's going to be okay. Because at least I'm not as bad as him. You know, I, I really hope, you know, that someone saved. Do you truly hope that? When someone hurts you or when you see people sin in their lives? Do you have compassion for them? Because Christ does. And he says, I've given you this, this ministry of reconciliation. But then he goes on to say this. He says, and he has committed to us not just the ministry of reconciliation, but the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. 
as though God is making an appeal through us. We implore Christ on your behalf. Be reconciled to God. See, here a moment that, that Paul's taking. He's making a massive say, statement saying that we are now reconciled to Jesus. We are now in relationship with him. But, but how do I share this message? Because he actually puts it in our hands, doesn't he? He says, guys, you've been given the message of reconciliation. You have to share this message that people are being reconciled to God. And he puts it in our hands. Uh, maybe you are like me and you start thinking, how do I do this? You know, do I start preaching? I'm not a preacher. I can't preach. You know, should I stand on corners and shout, repent for the time is near? Like, what is the next step for you? Well, really simply put, we share the message, this message, through the message of reconciliation and also through the ministry of reconciliation, as Paul wrote. See, when he says he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, he entrusts us with a message. A message for the lost people in the world around us. A message for the people that are around you. You know, God didn't just save you and give you the truth of the gospel for you. He gave it for the people around you. You know, He gave it for that addicted family member. Maybe He gave it for that skeptical friend of yours. Maybe that noisy neighbor. Yeah, that noisy neighbor. God, please help him. You know, maybe He even gave it to that, gave it this message to you to share to that dodgy colleague. Can I be far enough to say, to share this message of truth and hope and reconciliation to the person that has hurt you in this world? Do you know that God loves him, that God has grace for him or her as well? That God is calling you to bring her or him back as well. This is the beautiful message that we can share to the people around us. And we share this through sharing our experiences, sharing God's love for us, sharing the things that God has done to us unapologetically to people around us in love. So I just want to say there's no pressure, just by the way. There's no pressure on you because you are only a messenger and not a messiah, okay? You're not the messiah. You don't have to go save anyone, but you have to tell them about the one that saves. You go share the story of your life to people around you. Now, there's not just the message of reconciliation, right? But there's also the ministry of reconciliation. Because what does it help if we continuously tell people, you know, about Jesus, but we actually don't make our hands dirty? You know, like maybe you get those people that, you know, send messages every day. Maybe you have that person on your WhatsApp that sends a nice God scripture every day. I love those people. Thank you for your messages. But that doesn't just transform the world. That's just sharing the message. We should also be sharing in the ministry. Of reconciliation. Now, what does that look like? Well, there are three F's that actually help us to fight or to fi figure this thing out. The three F's of expanding this ministry of reconciliation. How am I a part of the world trying to transform these things? Three quick things, and then we're done. The first is the fathering presence. You see, a father has a burdened heart for his kids. You will always see a father always taking the clothes off his own back, trying to feed his own kids, trying to look after his kids, trying to give the best for his kids. Why? Is it because it's his responsibility? No, he chooses that responsibility. It's so easy for a dad to leave. Maybe you've experienced that. It's easy for a dad to leave. But a father that takes responsibility makes a statement. It makes a statement to say, I see worth in you. Maybe it's time for us to become fathering presences in the world. Is to look at people and say, I see worth in you. I'll take responsibility for you. I'll step into your pain because I want to see how God changes. Romans 9 verse 1 to 3 actually says this. I tell the truth in Christ. This is Paul speaking. He says, I'm not lying. My conscience 
also bearing me witness to the Holy Spirit. And he says this, that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. He has a burden for people and he has a sorrow in his heart. For I continue to wish that I myself were accused from Christ's um, for, for my brethren. And he, he goes on to say this, that he says that I continually am striving in my heart to see that my brethren, the people around me, grow. Why? He has this burden for people that are lost around him. Paul, in his spirit, sees the light of the gospel, sees Christ, and he says, this world needs it. And he creates it. He makes people's problems his problem. <laughs> he steps into their space. Maybe for us, the next step, or the first step, is becoming a fathering presence to people around you, saying that I will be there for you. I will be there in the nitty-gritty. Now, the, th- the second F, um, which is this, is the faithful presence of God. This is when we see Christ's character you know, in our world, how Christ changes the world through his character and how we should live that out. Because it's in our faithfulness that the things around us change. You see, we should first, before we rush into all of this, before we start to try and do, we should also try and focus. Focus in who we are. See, being the messengers of Christ, God has called us to something new. You see, we have this grasp of this new creation. You know, that we are in Christ and He is in us and that we are with Christ, that we are now with Him. But how does that translate into your everyday life? How does that look practically? You see, Gandhi actually made this, Mahatma Gandhi made this comment um, long ago. He said that, I love your Christ but I hate your Christians. Why? It's because Christ is the answer. Christ is the most beautiful thing, but sometimes we miss it. We don't live faithful lives. We don't translate it over into this world. And when we translate it to this world, that is when the world changes. That is when the world around us changes. Why? That's when we start living faithful lives. When we start caring for our neighbors, that we now relate to our fellow believer or fellow lost neighbor, saying that I see your pain, I hear your hurt, And I am here for you. I will bring the gospel into you, into your life, into your living room, to you, because I know that it's a thing that will change your life. See, it's not just sharing the message on a WhatsApp group. It is being the message in a ministry towards people every day. 2 Corinthians 2 actually says this. He says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are saved and among those who are perishing. See, we are the aroma. We should be sharing this flavor of Christ, bringing life into, into the room, bringing life into situations of pain and hurt and shame and guilt. We are to bring this message of truth, of reconciliation, of new creation, of new life. And the last one is this, our fruitful presence. See, these are the actions that we actually take into this world. We are representatives of God's kingdom, but he calls us to engage in society. Not just to stand out from the outside, but to actually be a part of it. In Romans 10, there's, there's a big understanding where, where he kind of shares this picture of whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. You know, the gospel will be speaking about that. If you believe in him, you'll have eternal life. There will be no shame. And he goes on to explain the gospel. Then he says this, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How then shall they believe in him whom they have not heard. How, they sh- how shall they heal them if there's no one preaching? How shall they preach if you are not sent? Here's the thing. People need to believe in God, but they can only believe if they have heard. And they can only hear if you have preached. And you can only preach once you have understood. 
You see, God has called us to be fruitful, to be fruitful around us, to actually go out and share this in the community. Now, ending off, I want to just really challenge your heart. Challenge your heart today to say this, is that when you look at this picture of the gospel, when you look at this, why should we share it? Well, right in the beginning, the first piece of scripture we read, the first few words said this, for Christ's love compels us. It should be Christ's love that compels your heart to share the gospel. It should be Christ's love that compels your heart to be a fathering presence in the city. It should be Christ's love that compels your heart to be fruitful and to be faithful. Why? Because it's His love that transforms us. Friends, maybe the next steps would be to, you know, kind of apply these new F's into your life. But can I say this? You can go apply those new F's in your life, but without new creation, it means nothing. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. It has an expiry date because it's the new creation that changes who we are. You see, it's once we believe that we can start to share. And when we start sharing, people can start hearing. When people start hearing, they start believing. God has called us to a new year you not new me kind of gospel and new here to understand that in him we are created new in him we are made new now in the next three weeks we're going to be preaching through luke 15 and uh, we're going to see how god has a heart for the lost in our city and how we can be the answer to that but today i want to ask you this question again is the good news good news to you do you believe that the good news is for you because if you believe that, it'll make you a new creation. It'll change who you are from the inside out. It'll give you new life. And this is something we receive from God. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, this is what I need. I need new life. Can I pray with you? Maybe you've, you've been far away from God and uh, you've, you've kind of missed it. and you've, you've, you've been made new, but you haven't stepped into it yet. Can I pray for boldness in your heart as well? Let's pray together. Jesus, as we come to the end of our time together, Lord, I pray for these two things. That if there are people out there that, that don't know you, that are still unsure, that haven't been made new, Father, I pray that you would make them new right now. That your Holy Spirit would come and give them birth, Father, because you come and do this to us. It's something we receive through you, Lord. And we pray for them, Lord Jesus. And we pray for people that, that have known you, but Father, never stepped out into a fathering presence or a fruitful presence or a an understanding of this presence, Father, that you can step in, Father, and start teaching them, that you can step in and start leading them in this, because it's when we start living out the gospel and loving people around us and, and living out your calling in our lives, Father, that is when the world around us is changed. We pray for our people to be bold in the gospel and to step out and share you, share your word. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.